actually. Like, that's a little alarming. I know. It's going to be the same it's good to be thing again as usual. But <laughs> but now that you've got a specific thing to say about it. Yeah. The ah. Guys at the gym. Hi, guys. The guys at the gym. Um, Hopefully, that's not who we're talking to. I just said hi, guys, <laughs> and Andrea finished guys at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're listening to this and you're a guy at the gym, don't take this personally. You're it's not fine. the guy. You're not the guy at the gym that I encountered today. Andrea's fear, which you're going to tell me about because I, I want to know what uh, the fuck. It was weird. Okay. So this guy at the gym, I was on the treadmill. And once again, he had a selection of other treadmills. But he gets on the one right to the left of me. Of course. I think it's like like we discussed it, like some sort of power move or something. I don't know. Yeah, don't they all just do that? I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, and I was like, this is weird. I can't, I'm having some, like, okay, he smelled so strongly of, like, coconut and vanilla or something like that, that I was like, this is worse than if he just smelled like B.O., because at least I'd still be breathing air. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. But he was like, and, like, I've had, I've been there where guys were wearing, like, crazy cologne, and that's worse, but this guy clearly had slathered himself with, like, coconut cream or something because yeah he probably tried to cover the bo and put on too much of whatever yeah probably he, did. he probably wears that to the gym so that like if there's any ladies nearby they don't smell his, his sweat armpits. yeah but um when i got off the treadmill like i didn't notice until i got off the treadmill there were like little white splotches like a couple of them on my treadmill but like on my left side of my treadmill yeah and then some on the floor behind his treadmill so i think what had happened was he was sweating and like the lotion or cream that was like coconut scented was coming off so i was like what is that is that coming off of me like i thought maybe it was like my sunscreen sweating off or something it makes sense yeah but it wasn't it was whatever his coconut scented shit was and it was just like on my treadmill too so he obviously ew. sweated coconut cream at me <laughs> ew ah. uh, well that's <laughs> that's a pretty aggressive way to sweat at someone as opposed <laughs> to the normal way of sweating at a person exactly the aggressive choice I- <laughs> the aggressive choice where it's not just clear sweat it's coconut sweat ah uh, yes I'm crinkling my paper that's okay as long um, as it's not touching the microphone yeah I don't think I touch the microphone when you say I do, but whatever. You absolutely do. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. So Andrea claims that she never touches the microphone. Um, I except don't think my I editing do. my editing says otherwise, because I'll have like a headphone in just double check. Because I, I use that for noise removal. Mm-hmm. No, because it's like your microphone. it happens exactly when you said, Oh, I didn't touch it. And when I but, listen like, back, I'm it's like, I'm careful to boom. not touch it. That's why I'm like, I didn't touch it. It's absolutely the microphone sound. How and is it You don't do it every time. Then? I don't understand. No, you didn't. You've only done it like three <laughs> times throughout the whole podcast uh, right. run. So don't worry. It's just that last time you said that you didn't, <clears throat> you absolutely totally I did. I sworn I didn't because <laughs> I, I like watched and I'm like, yeah, there was still like six inches between my paper and the you know what it was? microphone at all times. You braced it behind on the foam. And the paper probably just barely whispered against it for half a second. Yeah. And on the editing, because my microphone is like this, it was like, boom. <laughs> and I'm just like, great. I love that. We need to get new microphones. Yeah, we say this every time because we're hinting at you guys to become our Patreons. But now it's for realsies. Yeah, now it's like... It's dying. We almost yeah. couldn't record today. Yeah, and for people who are fans of my voice acting, um, that's going to be an issue for you. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a problem. Because this is the only microphone... It's, Ren has at all. Yep. Between the two of us, it's our only microphone. I have um, 
a backup one in my closet, but I think it's damaged, and it's like a worse version of the Blue Yeti. Okay. So, and if it's damaged, it no. probably doesn't even work properly. Um, you know what I noticed about it was that, like, and this was when it wasn't even damaged. Now I don't even know if it is. It just sounds like it is because it's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it might be now because of the move, but... It does this thing where it sounds like there's just a low-level buzz in the background. I'm like, well, this oh. is just going to drive everyone, like, absolutely fucking up a wall. Like, yeah. I swear, no, no one's going to want that, that shit. And no. you can't use it for voice acting. So we really need yeah. new microphones. So that's my fear, is not getting new microphones. So okay. you, sh- you guys that's should protect fear. me by... <laughs> Becoming patrons. Yeah. At patreon.com slash two scared siblings. Yeah, I mean, even if, like, yeah, because even if a bunch of people, all our listeners, like, all, I don't know, two of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all two of our listeners. Yeah, and they're... Hey, guys. <laughs> if you guys you? each pledge a uh, thousand a month, I'll be <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a tier. No, but I mean, we've got like, we've got a few, we've got like a good uh, few thousand, right? So even if they all pledged one dollar. Yeah, then we could then like we'd get, definitely make, make new microphones. We could, we could afford like groceries. We could afford to buy microphone parts and to build our own microphones from scratch. Which is the practical way. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, see, help us live our dream. That definitely was not my dream at all. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and to steer the subject away from microphones so that we don't bore you forever with this uh, line of topic, um, we... A long time ago, sorry, like three weeks ago, uh, one of our patrons. one of our patrons, like, are they one dollar or five dollar tier? Anyway, they remember. requested um, a sentence from each of us as yes. is the one. Oh, so they must have been one dollar tier. Well, five dollar tier gets both. That's bonus true. episodes and requests. So, but yeah. So we got a request, and we each have uh, one sentence to say, and it's a lot of memes. So shout out to this patron. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking welcome. Okay, so I was requested to say, and now I'm going to do it, I love avocado toast. There. was That, that was like a sultry way of being and a millennial. Here's mine. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Andrea's is so anticlimactic. Hey, I... Just because you know. said you you should sound try to sound like like you're um I don't know a sassy teen on Twitter. Okay, boomer. I mean, that sounds like a sassy tween uh tween a teen from an '80s movie, but that that works. I I think that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. I'll take that's it. That's my you know only what? reference. You know what? I think that that's probably what they'll enjoy, and that's true because <laughs> you are a you're old. I know, I'm so old. <laughs> so that request was from Angela. So. Thanks, Angela. Oh, thank you, Angela. And we'll do Sorry more. that I forgot which one you <laughs> I, Well, I I'm the one who read the email. It's okay. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I do the email parts and everybody, so everything that Ren has to do is kind of just relayed to him through me. That's kind of true with everything <laughs> in my life. Like, I've got Discord messages, and I guess this is my fear besides not having a microphone. Um, like... Okay, so I have Discord messages and Anon asks on Tumblr and Twitter messages and emails that are all from like <laughs> six months ago. And I feel like it'd be really, really awkward to reply now. See, and if I were managing your emails and your Discord or whatever, then you would be on top of it because I could just you respond for you. But you, you can if you want. It's too late now if they're six months old. 
Okay, but <laughs> when they're when they're less I don't six have months access old, to your email. I have access to two scared siblings. I'm gonna give you access to my email just so that I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> so right. if anyone and and my Discord. So if anyone, all my friends who are listening to this on Discord are gonna be like, "How will I know it's you now?" Yeah, they'll be like, "Is this Andrea?" If you get a really lazy response and there aren't enough tildes, it was Andrea. Ugh, all those tildes. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do the tildes. I haven't let go of that since like 2011, and I think it's just because it's like muscle memory now. Like my yeah. fingers will automatically. Oh yeah, type it. I have watched you type it, and it's it's automatic. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so that's just so you know, it's always me that you're talking to pretty much on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. and Gmail because I have become our social media coordinator. Well, you always were because I have to do all the fucking editing, which and takes three hours. <laughs> and then run is our public relations takes... manager because because Andrea upsets people on I social media. I upset people sometimes, and I don't know um, how to not do that she on the right. She doesn't know how to like not sass back at people. Like she doesn't know no. how to. Yeah, like I'm not good, so he does those. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, as it turns out, I like people and will handle your uh, qualms with care, and I will not. <laughs> I will cradle them tenderly. And um, I do not like people. And she'll drop them on the ground. Uh, yeah. Stomp on them. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them in the washing machine on purpose. And then in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's a that's a lot. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So okay, I so. came up with the theme this time. And the theme was, because we are buried in it currently, bad snow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it should be summarized. So no. to elaborate, anything bad that involved uh, snow in some tangential way, even if the snow was just kind of there watching yeah. for, for the incident, Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, I like it. It was a good theme. It was appropriate for the season, too, because everybody thinks of snow at Christmas, even if you're in Southern California. Yeah, and they, like, pine for it, and I'm just like, no. I know. They don't know Put that dream away. what they're asking for. Yeah, they don't know. I mean, like, if and you could you have come a... up here, live here for a few months. Like, we'll trade you. We'll do a swap. Oh. We'll come live in your house. You come live up here in one of our apartments. Only if you have a nice house, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll do a swap. I'm bringing my cats with me. Um. Yeah, we'll do a swap. And then you can, for six months, from November. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, when does the snow stop? May, approximately? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even lying. Like, April will, like, look like it's starting to get better, and then April's just like, haha, fuck you. Yeah, and, and then there's, like, storm. a last-minute snowstorm. Yeah. So you can come here from November till May, and we'll be in Southern California, and then you can tell us how much you really want snow. Yeah. Oh, and you have to commute to Calgary. Yes, you do have to for commute. Your job. You also have to walk have. to places. Yeah. Yeah, you have to walk and drive. Yep. On the highway. Both Bring of those. good boots. <laughs> Which I'm sure you cannot buy in Southern California. My boyfriend came up uh, last year during, like, the coldest week of February. Like, he was here for a while, and it, he just happened to come, like, when we were having the coldest of cold snaps. Yeah. And he was like, I've never seen snow. This is going to be so cool. He's from San Diego. And he was like, this is going to be great. And I'm like, <laughs> No, it's not. Oh, my baby. God. My sweet, sweet baby. But yeah, um, he comes up, and he's like, hmm, this is really bad. 
<laughs> and it then was we had like to buy minus boots. 30 that week it was too. minus 30 celsius and he was which is like i don't know minus 500,000 fahrenheit i'm it's guessing it's actually higher fahrenheit so it's like oh okay i don't know zero i don't know yeah it's a low number in fahrenheit that you would be upset by <laughs> and um yeah no we had to dart into like stores because it was even cold for me but he was like so so tender his his poor flesh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, especially when you're not used to it. Like, I still get cold easily, and I don't know why, because I was born and raised here. I don't get Should cold easily, but I recognize when it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it does. It just does. Like, I'm fine with it. I think that's, like, a, a like a panic or a mental illness thing where, like, I actually prefer being too cold to, yeah. to too warm. I, I prefer that, too, because I have yep. panic disorder as well. So, yeah, because heat can really kick off a panic attack. Yeah, like, it and really makes it worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would rather be too cold, but I get cold really easily. Yeah. Well, that's so because that's you're a willowy sprite. I'm a willowy sprite. Yeah. I like that. That's, yeah, that was my nice way of saying, you know, scrawny hag. No, just kidding. <gasps> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You're too young to be a hag. You're just scrawny. Okay. I guess. <laughs> you're like, I'll accept that. Fine. <laughs> no. As long as I'm not a hag, I'm happy. She's not in hag territory yet. <laughs> so, along the theme of bad I'm snow... I'm being your assistant, and I didn't touch the microphone. Okay, if I hear microphone noises, I'm just going to think that the microphone is, like, doing it on purpose. It does do things on purpose. It, like, shakes just to, like, frame you. It does. It just really wants to retire. It hates me. I think it just really wants to retire, and it's trying to, like, commit suicide. I think so, too. It's like, I'm broken, see? But it wants to, like... Pin it on Andrea for some reason. Yeah, be like, Andrea broke me. Now you have to let me go, and it wasn't even my fault. <laughs> and you have to pay me for workplace incidents. <laughs> All right, so All right. according to... Bad snow. Bad snow. Um, I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> I'm glad you are. That's because this is about Sir Douglas Mawson and the Australasian Expedition. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Sir Douglas Sir Douglas Mawson. He was Australian. Oh. I, yes. Sir Douglas Mawson. Ma- I don't know. It sounds English. And the Australasian expedition. I can do an Australian accent, but I'm not gonna, because I'm sure that, like, there's a little bit of it that someone would be like, mm, I don't like that. Well, and I'd be like, well. I'm not making fun of it. We're just better trying than really Andrew, hard yes. to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we're not trying to make it bad. Still better We're than We're trying Andrews. to make it genuine. <laughs> We're trying. It's just not working. Yeah, our mouths don't do the right mouth things. I can do Australian accents too. And sometimes I sing songs in my head in an Australian accent. Well, now you're just going too far. But I know. I'm sure, I'm sure weird. Douglas I'm Mawson would be, Sir Douglas Mawson would be like, well, she tried. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And he'd give you a very gentlemanly clap. Yay. So... Uh, he lived from the 5th of May, 1882, to the 14th of October, 1958. So this shit happened a while back. And he was an Australian geologist, Antarctic explorer, and academic, along with Roald Amundsen, Robert Falcon Scott, <laughs> because they all have to be well, like this. Roald Dahl and Roald Amundsen. Robert Falcon Scott. Falcon. And, oh, and this, I, I'm so sorry for making fun of these guys. They are actually pretty... Cool guys, yeah. And Sir Ernest Shackleton. Oh. I'm so sorry, Ernest Shackleton's <laughs> ghost. He's like, point. whatever, it was a cool name back then. Whatever, mate. <laughs> That's true, in the 1880s it probably was. So <laughs> he um, 
Mawson was a key expedition leader during the heroic age of Antarctic exploration. The Mawson Station in the Australian Antarctic Territory is named in his honor. However, he's also known for experiencing one of the most horrific expeditions to the Antarctic. Probably none of them were that great. <laughs> what? It was horrific because it was cold and they were all really <laughs> bummed out. Yeah, like it just doesn't seem like it's a good trip. I mean, it's probably really cool. It I, would be interesting, oh. but it wouldn't be comfortable. No, and since they're expeditioning, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a lot of work, right? They're like measuring rock density. Yeah, in the cold. Yeah, cold. yeah. That's And they didn't, they didn't have the best coats back then. I don't they're, know. They were made of, out of fur. Yeah, I guess that is actually not too bad. Yeah. So, tiny bit of background on Sir Douglas Mawson. Uh, yeah, Mawson was born on the 5th of May, 1882, to uh, Robert Ellis Mawson and Margaret Ann Moore, which sounds like a writer's name. He was born in Shipley, West Yorkshire, but was less than two years old when his family immigrated to Australia and settled at Rooty Hill, now in the western suburbs of Sydney. Oh my god, I just remembered my dream last night. But <laughs> But we must know more about Mawson. Oh, we we what must, but dream? I have to tell you. Okay, quickly tell I the dream. I dreamt we were recording. Oh, no. And you had done a movie, like, yeah? dissemination. Oh, well, that's a very mundane dream, but that's also prophetic. It was because mundane. Because I'm going to do that. But I was Maybe like, you're, like, psychic. It was <laughs> weird. Anyway, go on. But I appreciate that. Because it was so realistic. I was like, oh, he's doing this, and last time he did a movie dissemination, I'm like, no, he didn't. Nope. He just talked about it, and then I dreamt it. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, I hope good. your dreams come true, because I really want to do movie <laughs> dissemination. And there's no way, no other way to control that. There isn't. No. But to be fair, this this is a lot nicer for me, because there is no murder, probably. Okay. Uh, it, not, yeah. This is this one isn't murdery, but there is death, and uh, I'll warn for it when we get there. Um, so, yeah. He attended uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Andrea, <laughs> for that break. So he attended Fort Street Model School and the University of Sydney, where he graduated in 1902 with a Bachelor of Engineering degree. So he was already considered, like, he was a pretty big deal by the time he started doing these Antarctic expeditions, and he'd done a few of them yeah. prior to the, the shitty one. So the Australasian Expedition. Mawson had um, turned down an invitation to join Robert Falcon Scott's Terra Nova expedition in 1910. Um, Robert Falcon Scott's also a huge deal. Um, and this expedition, the Terra Nova one, did not go well, by the way. So he didn't exactly make the wrong choice here, <laughs> but things really didn't work out great for him either. Yeah. So Australian <laughs> geologist Griffith Taylor went with Scott instead. Mawson, on the other hand, chose to lead his own expedition, the Australasian Antarctic Expedition, to King George V land and Adelie land. I don't I, know. They should be cooler names in the Antarctic. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, King George V. I'm sure he was a king. Well, I mean, it sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like that. And you know you know what they were like. You don't need to name everything after your king. monarchs. Like None of them are great people. I don't no, know. No, I mean, they all end up being terrible. Yeah, exactly. Much, so. They're all not great. Yeah. But yeah, and Adelie Land, which Adelie is actually kind of pretty. Um, and this, this was like the sector of the Antarctic continent immediately south of Australia, which at the time was almost entirely unexplored. So they could get there. 
So, the objectives were to carry out geographical exploration and scientific studies, including a visit to the South Magnetic Pole. Mawson raised the necessary funds in a year from British and Australian governments and from commercial backers interested in mining and whaling, because a lot of people are interested in those Assholes. things. They yeah, don't like whaling. whalers. I mean, back then, though, that's probably, you know, there were whales. Now people are just like, there are no whales, so we're going to kill the, like, two Last hour two. left. <laughs> yeah. So the expedition, using, uh, using, using <laughs> the ship S.Y. Aurora, commanded by Captain... John King Davis departed from Hobart on the 2nd of December, 1911, landed at Cape Denison, which was named after Hugh Denison, a major backer of the expedition, obviously. Of course he had to name it after himself. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. On Commonwealth Bay on the 8th of January, 1912, and established the main base. A second camp was located to the west on the ice shelf in Queen Mary Land. Shut up! I know, there's, there's a lot of monarchs. <laughs> Cape Denison proved to be unrelentingly windy. The average wind speed for the entire year was about 50 miles per hour, with some winds approaching 200 miles per hour, which sounds like it would peel your face off. Oh my god, yeah, that sounds horrible. Yeah, that sounds I, bad. It feels windy here when we have a Chinook. It's... <laughs> I don't. It's, if it was 200 miles per hour, I would be lifted into the air. <laughs> I've been lifted into the air with our wind. Yeah. So... They built a hut um, on the Rocky Cape and wintered through nearly constant blizzards. Mawson wanted to do aerial exploration and brought the first airplane to Antarctica. Cool. The aircraft, a Vickers REP-type monoplane, was to be flown by Francis Howard Bickerton. What is with all these names? <laughs> but Bickerton when... and Shackleton. Bickerton. Francis Bickerton. But when it was damaged in Australia shortly before the expedition departed, plans were changed, so it was to be used only as a tractor on skis. This is unfortunate later. However, the engine did not operate well in the cold, and it was removed and returned to Vickers in England, and it's really sad that they didn't have a plane, and you'll find out why. Okay. The aircraft uh, fuselage itself was abandoned. On the 1st of January 2009, weirdly enough, fragments of it were rediscovered by the Mawson's Huts Foundation, which is restoring the original huts currently. So, Mawson's exploration program was carried out by five parties from the main base, and two from the western base. Mawson himself was part of a three-man sledging team, the Far Eastern Party, which sounds a little, hmm. Uh, yeah. So he was in the party with Xavier Mertz and Lieutenant Belgrave Ninnis, of course. I like Belgrave. I like that name. That's actually kind of cool. Belgrave. Oh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so they headed east on the 10th of November, 1912, to survey King George V land. That sure is a name for a place. So... <laughs> Things get bad. Okay. Um, bad snow. This is the bad snow part. Yeah. The snow happens and it's bad. Uh -oh. But no, it's not even it's not even snow. They're they're already in the snow. That's yeah. that's how I I mean that was already this. there. Yeah. So <laughs> the um, snow wasn't new in Antarctica. <laughs> uh I mean some I mean there's probably not much of it left now, but back then there was. Yeah. Rest in peace, true. snow and glaciers. Um Goodbye, polar bears. So I'm going to warn ahead of time. Obviously, the usual, you know, people die, but um, also for people who are triggered by this, there is some descriptions of uh, body horror and also animal death involving no! dogs. Yeah, and it's it's pretty, it's a little graphic. So um, yeah, just heads up for that. 
you might want to skip ahead a little bit if you're not into that, but I, you know, I don't, I don't linger on it too long. So okay, good. things get bad. There had been five weeks of excellent progress mapping the coastline and collecting geological samples, but according to, and this is from smithsonianmag.com, quote, even so, Mawson felt <laughs> troubled. <laughs> by a series of peculiar incidents which, he would write later, might have suggested to a superstitious man that something was badly amiss. Something's amiss. <laughs> he just shot up from bed. Something's afoot. I had a dream. Oh, to be fair, you just did that in the middle of this story. It's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mawson, is that you in there? Yeah, I was reborn. You were reincarnated. In okay. the shape of a tiny little girl. So this might actually be kind of a huge bummer for you. I might be recalling some bad memories for you. So first, he had a, a strange dream one night. Uh, it was a vision of his father. Mawson had left his parents in good health, but the dream occurred, um, he would later realize, shortly after his father had unexpectedly sickened and died. Oh, no. So it was a little bit, like, prophetic. No! Again, yeah. Then... Sorry, the I read ahead by accident. I know. So here's some animal death. Uh, then... Uh, the explorers found one husky who had been pregnant devouring her own puppies. So this was normal for dogs in such extreme conditions, but it unsettled the men, which is fair. I hate it. Doubly so far when far inland and out of nowhere, a petrel smashed into the side of Ninnis's sledge. Quote, where could it have come from? Mert scribbled in his notebook. What is a petrel? Um, fuck. I looked this up and I forget. But it was something smashy. Oh, okay. Not a is not an animal. I it might be a bird actually. Okay, I was wondering if it was a bird, and then they're probably like, "What is a bird doing in Antarctica?" Yeah, they're like, <laughs> "What's with why just the one bird yeah. smashing into me specifically?" But yeah. my sledge, not my sledge. <laughs> Eventually, the party is crossing the Ninnis Glacier, uh, which I assume was named after him after. This all happened. Yeah. 480 kilometers east of the main base. So they are far from their base. Mertz was skiing, and Mawson was on his sled with his weight properly dispersed, but Ninnis was jogging beside the second sled. Ninnis fell through a crevasse. No. Yeah, and these are really common and deadly in the Antarctic. I saw a bunch of info about these, and they're, like, hidden under the snow, so you don't fucking, you can't see them. And his body weight is likely to have breached the snow bridge covering it. The six best dogs, most of the party's rations, their tent, and other essential supplies disappeared into the massive crevasse because he had them on him on oh his sledge. Oh my god, sledge. that's yep. terrible. Yep, so that was the worst possible thing that could have happened. Mertz and Mawson spotted one dead and one injured dog who'd fallen to. Screaming in pain below. No! On a ledge 165 no! feet below them. Oh my god. But weirdly enough, Ninnis was never seen again. They could not find his body. They called out to him for like five hours. What happened to the dog? Uh, died. You know, I mean, you, you can't go down into a 165 feet crevasse. And they tried to, um peer down like into the darkness and call for Ninnis and they got no response and obviously the dogs must have died. I am super stressed out right now. Yeah. It gets uh worse. What? With uh, dogs? 
A little bit, yes, yes. So after looking into the deep crevasse and calling for Ninus, a brief service for him was eventually held when they couldn't, when they figured, okay. And for the dog. Uh, <laughs> I suspect it was for Ninus, but I, I'm hoping <laughs> that they were sad about the dogs, although I'm not oh sure. My, oh my god. Then Mawson and Mertz uh, decided to turn back immediately, which, yeah. They had one week's provisions for two men and no dog food, but plenty of fuel and a premise, which I believe was a type of stove. Um, they sledged for 27 hours continuously to obtain a spare tent cover they had left behind. Oh my god. For which they improvised a frame from skis and a theodol- uh, theodolite, what which is that? like a surveying instrument. It oh, measures okay. like angles. Oh, okay. Giant protractor. That's what <laughs> okay. I like to think of it as. Mawson wrote, quote, Practically all the food had gone. Spade, pick, tent. Quote, We considered it a possibility to get through to winter quarters by eating dogs. So nine hours after the accident started back, but terribly handicapped. May God help us. No. I hate this expedition. This is stupid. It gets worse. I don't think you should bring dogs on, or animals of any kind on expedition. Well, they needed them, right? Nope. Figure your own shit out. You can't without s- dragging something innocent into it. I do feel really, really sad for Figure these dogs. Figure out your own fucking shit. Well, they tried to help some of the dogs by not I'm helping mad. other dogs. Um, okay, and this is nasty. It gets worse, so animal people, uh, anyone with that trigger tune out for a sec. Here's a quote about how that went. Mm. Quote, there because they uh they had to they had to eat them. So their meat was stringy tough and without a vestige of fat for a change we sometimes chopped it up finely mixed it with a little pemmican and brought all to the boil in a large pot of water we were exceedingly hungry but there was nothing to satisfy our appetites only a few ounces were used of the stock of ordinary food to which was added a portion of dog's meat never large for each animal yielded so very little and the major part was fed to the surviving dogs they crunched the bones and ate the skin until nothing remained. Those poor fucking dogs. Yeah. I mean, I'm they, so they wanted angry. some of them. They wanted the their strongest to survive, so I think they, they killed one nope. of the weakest. I'm not happy. This. I'm really pissed off. I am I know. I don't like it either. But it does come back to haunt them, although I don't think Good. they deserved it. I mean, this is the thing, though. They are really desperate. So, and another quote from Mawson. Quote, it was worth the while spending some time in boiling the dog's meat thoroughly. Thus, a tasty soup was prepared, as well as a supply of edible meat in which the muscular tissue and the gristle were reduced to the consistency of a jelly. The paws took, ah! took longest of all to cook, but treated to lengthy stewing, they became quite digestible. Gross. Yeah, they were really Eat desperate. Peats. I would. With toe beans on them. I wouldn't, and it probably would have been better that I hadn't. You'll find out why. Um, More was to come. There was a quick deterioration in the men's physical condition during this journey, obviously. It's called karma. Um, From what I read, they were decent decent guys, but, like, if you have zero food and your other dogs are dying and they have zero food, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be able to bring myself to do it, but I know why they did. So yeah, there was a a quick deterioration in their physical condition during this journey. Both men suffered dizziness, nausea, abdominal pain, irrationality, mucosal fissuring, skin, hair, and nail loss, and the yellowing of eyes and skin. Oh my god. Yeah, this went bad. Mawson wrote in his diary about Mertz, his alive companion, quote, 
is generally in a very bad condition. Skin coming off legs, etc. What the fuck? Yeah, that's not good. It's not a good sign. Later, Mawson noticed a dramatic change in his traveling companion, like, um, not physically. So, Mertz seemed to lose, uh, the will to move, and wished only to remain in his sleeping bag. Like, and he was going through some frantic, weird, uh, like, delusional stuff. He began to deteriorate rapidly with both diarrhea, but also madness. Yeah. As the two go hand in hand. On one occasion, Mertz refused to believe he was suffering from frostbite, and all, and he, um, he bit off the tip of his own little finger. What the fuck is wrong with Mertz? Uh, probably snow madness or something. Like, if you're stuck in the Antarctic with no food, and you've yeah. just eaten dog. dog meat, which isn't good for you, um, and your skin is falling off, and everything is just crazy, and you're snow blind, because, uh, Mawson actually went snow blind for a while, and he, they had yeah. to treat it by putting cocaine in his eyes. As you do. Yeah. Well, obviously, they did have to treat it that way. Yeah. That is the treatment for everything. Apparently, they did use cocaine for a lot of things that I would not think to Cocaine in your eyes. Yeah, I I would be scared. Cocaine in the eyes. Cocaine in the stomach and the eyes. And the eyes. And also the the nose. And the nose. Up the nose. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that would make me feel better. (laughs) It would make most people... Yeah. Feel better, I mean. That's the idea. Temporarily. So this was soon followed by violent raging. Mawson had to sit on his companion's chest and hold down his arms to prevent him from damaging their tent. Mertz also suffered uh, further seizures before falling into a coma and dying on the 8th of January, 1913. Prior to Mertz's death, uh, like two days before, Mawson wrote on January 6th, quote, Things are in a most serious state for both of us. If he cannot go eight or ten uh, meters a day, in a day or two, we are doomed. I could pull through myself with the provisions at hand, but I cannot leave him. His heart seems to have gone. It is very hard for me to be within 100 meters of the hut, and in such a position is awful. Why didn't he just go to the hut? Uh, I actually think it's miles. I think uh, because this oh, is okay. from his diary. Sorry, guys, I didn't mean to say meters. Oh, okay. I was like, um, he shortened it to M, but it's his diary from the eighteen hundred. Ten meters a day is not very far. First of all, yeah, that one. Um, I know. I was thinking that as I as I was reading that. <laughs> well, I mean, there. Yeah. It makes sense why. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It was unknown at the time that uh, husky liver contains extremely high levels of vitamin A. So they went into liver failure. Mm, it was also not known that such levels of vitamin A could cause liver damage to humans. Oh my yep. god. With okay. six dogs between them and each dog liver on average weighing one kilogram, it is thought that the pair ingested enough liver to bring on a condition known as hypervitaminosis A. That makes sense. Yeah, they've um, got vitamin A poisoning. So if you... Actually, no. I'm not giving any advice. Regarding dog eating, don't eat a dog. That's the advice. There yeah, go. I mean, like you'll get say, vitamin A poisoning. If you you'll eat die. your dog, don't eat their liver. But if you're eating your dog, you should eat the liver. You asshole. Yeah, the rest is too stringy, and the only edible part will be the liver. So go straight for that. Yeah, delicious, fucker. and yeah. do it raw. Yeah. Yum yum yum. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that's the thing. There's probably vitamin A in, like, other parts, too. It's just concentrated there. Yeah, it's just too much there. Yeah. So, however, Mertz may have suffered more because he found the tough muscle tissue of the dogs difficult to eat, right? Yeah. And therefore, he ate more of the liver than Mawson. Yeah. Lucky for Mawson. So, while goodness. Yeah, so while both men suffered, Mertz suffered more severely. Actually, no, I'm mad at Mawson. I don't care. I don't... This is his expedition, and everybody yeah. died except for him. Well, he should have brought, um... A lot of people said that this was the worst ex- expedition ever because, like, he should have made sure they had snowshoes and not been, like, skiing. And that, yeah. like, they spread the supplies between the three of them instead of just one guy yeah. going down with ev- all of with the shit. With almost everything. Like, that's something I can think of and I've never planned An or Antarctic gone on. An Antarctic expedition. An Antarctic expedition. Yeah, and he'd been on a lot of expeditions before, so. Yeah, so he yeah. knew better. He fucked it up, but he he did suffer too. Um, Mawson uh, continued the final 100 miles alone after he managed to drag up the strength to basically bury Mertz in a cairn. Okay. Um, yeah, so he tried. Um, during his return trip to the main base, he fell through the snowy lid of a crevasse. Fucking crevasses! Fuck- I hate crevasses. Crevasses. Yeah, what That's are they stupid. doing, right? And yeah. he was saved only by his sledge wedging itself into the ice above him. So he was dangling like 14 feet. Oh my god. Yep, and he thought he was going to die for sure. Yeah, I he would, ma- too. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he, he wrote something that to me reads like my life flashed before my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he managed to climb out using the harness attaching him to the sled. And at one point in his journey prior to this, just prior... The skin on the soles of his feet had entirely disintegrated, leaving a mass of oozing, agonizing blisters. Gross. Yep, but he, and uh... ouch. Although they'd probably be kind of frozen, right? Like... Yeah, he probably had really bad frostbite and his skin was probably dying. Revolting. His hair was, like, falling out, too. Yeah. Because vitamin A. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote, quote, My whole body is apparently rotting from want of proper nourishment. Frostbitten fingertips festerings, mucous membrane of nose gone, saliva glands of mouth refusing duty. <laughs> Still a sense of humor. Skin coming off the whole body. Yikes. Yeah. So, a harrowing survival. Mawson did actually finally make it back to Cape Denison despite all this shit, and he arrived, unfortunately, to find that the ship <laughs> Aurora had left only a few hours before. <laughs> They'd been waiting for him, but they couldn't yeah. wait longer because they were recalled by a wireless communication only to have bad weather thwart the uh, rescue effort. Yeah. So Mawson and the six men who had remained behind to look for him wintered a second year until December 1913. In Mawson's book, Home of the Blizzard, he describes his experiences. His party and those at the western base had explored large areas of the Antarctic coast, describing its geology, biology, and meteorology, and more closely defining the location of the South Magnetic Pole. In 1915, the Royal Geographical Society awarded him their Founders Gold Medal, and in 1916, the American Geographical Society awarded him the David Livingstone Centenary Medal. And the expedition was the subject of David Roberts' book, Alone on the Ice, The Greatest Survival Story in the History of Exploration. So you guys can read those two books in case you want to learn more. Okay. But it was bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. So, but when he made it back to base, that was like a place with lots of supplies and warmth and shelter. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, and he actually said that he appreciated that other year in the stillness and slowness of Antarctica because yeah. he needed to heal from having just gone through what yeah. he'd gone through. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yep. he would have been able to rest. It would have been warm. 
Yeah, and there's nothing to, like, look at. Like, yeah, because that's a lot of trauma. Your two friends die horribly. You have to eat dogs. Your skin and hair is falling off. <sighs> I, yeah, it's not time. good. It's not good. He had a hard time. Okay. Well, here's mine. I mean, mine's a bummer, too, but... Well, my guy survived. Yeah, it's not a survival story. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, Andrea's turn. Mine is a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. I don't know why mine keep being short. Like, I only manage to find short stories every time I do this, but... Well, it's hard to Google search bad snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It didn't understand what I meant. Yeah. So, it was like, do you mean cocaine? I mean, like, mm, no, sure. but if you've got some. Yeah. <laughs> Are uh, you a cop? Are you a cop? Yeah. You ask Google. <laughs> okay. So this is the case of baby Andrew. Uh-oh. Yes. I don't Already like not good, right? Yeah. So on February 28th, 1981, and this is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. Lee Litz was test driving a Jeep near a cornfield on the outskirts of Sioux Falls mm-hmm. when he saw a red blanket in a ditch. Oh, no. In the snow. Fuck. He thought it was weird uh, that day. Like, it was just, like, one of those days where you just, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. You know, because usually you would just drive by something. I just think it's, like, a piece of garbage like, or whatever. yeah, a piece of fabric or something. Yeah. But he thought it was weird that day, and he pulled over to look and knelt Good. down, and he found a baby with tears frozen on his little baby cheeks. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. And he was dead. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the And fuck? he was brand new. He wasn't, like. He was a newborn? He was a newborn. So someone ditched him? You can ditch them at the, like, fire station. Yeah, you don't have to put them in a ditch in the snow. Asshole. It's just throwing that out there. Yeah, what the fuck? Um, so the coroner ruled that the baby had been lying in the ditch for about 24 hours before he was found, just, like, based on how frozen he was. Yeah. Um, and he had actually lived two hours in the cold before freezing and bleeding to death. <gasps> His umbilical cord hadn't been cut. Whoa. And the placenta was still attached. So and his blanket was covered in blood. So, like, you know, the bleeding, the oh, blood yeah. between the placenta and the baby wasn't stopped. Yeah, because there was no nurse, like, cutting and tying it off. And Yeah. Oh, my God. This so, poor child. Yeah. But he bled to death slowly, obviously. Oh, my God. Um, so he was obviously thrown away. Yeah. So on the 30th, like, it went cold. Yeah, this whole case went cold. cold. On the 35th year anniversary, Litz still wondered about how someone could do that, right? Like, it still bugged him. It would bug me. And the crime actually became infamous in Sioux Falls. It was only the second homicide in that city in 1981. Yeah. And there were only, like, it was only one of a handful of cold cases that had remained unsolved for that long. Yeah. But their leads dried up and they couldn't figure anything out so immediately back in 1981 the community mourned and gave the baby a name andrew john doe and they gave Mm. him a funeral and a casket and decorated it with carnations and a pin on his pajamas that said you are loved and they gave toys a stuffed black poodle and a tiny teddy bear and buried them with him in a ceremony attended by dozens of people from the the city well yeah because that's so sad yeah it's so sad. Like, he's just a newborn. He just didn't genie. even have a chance, and he went in the worst, yeah. Yeah, like... Uh, this poor baby. Um, Litz kept going back to the grave ever, like, since finding him. Yeah. He was really upset that someone got away with this, so I think he went back, like, every year on the anniversary. In March 2019, Sioux Falls PD believed that they found his mother. 
Oh. And she'd been living in Sioux Falls the whole time. Wow. Yeah. So, Teresa Bentas. She was 57 mm-hmm. and is still 57, apparently, probably, because this just happened in March 2019. Oh, um, yeah. But <laughs> she was arrested after her DNA and genetic genealogy identified her as the mother. The mother. Good. And she was charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and manslaughter and was booked on a $250,000 bail. Yeah. An attorney for her couldn't be located to question about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the husband, her husband, turned out to be the baby's father. But he okay. wasn't charged because what? in interviews they found out that he didn't even know that she was pregnant. Oh. Yeah. And they knew they know that for sure, that he wasn't like just bullshitting them? Apparently they're pretty sure. Pretty sure? Okay. I mean, well, they didn't hopefully. say, oh, we're pretty sure. But like it seemed pretty. Yeah. In the, the article I read, it was like, he was he's in not. The dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, she also admitted it. So basically, Teresa Bentos said she was young and stupid, and she kept the pregnancy a secret from everyone. Yeah. She had the baby alone in her apartment um, before driving to the ditch, which was on South Sycamore Avenue, and dumping her baby. Ugh, there's, w- there's other things you can do. Yeah. I mean... Like, just uh... fire department. Like, if you're going to have the baby anyway, why murder it? Right away after. Like, my, why? I can get that, like, postpartum and or panic may, yeah. make you think that's the only way you can do it. And I think that's what it is, is it's panic, but... There's um, other... Th- I would have just left them on nine months to, to think about, oh, actually, maybe I should just leave it on someone's doorstep or... Yeah. At a fire department or something. Yeah, it's like those people who leave their them in dumpsters, and it's like, yeah, why, why don't you just put it on someone's doorstep? Because at least, like, they'll bring them somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, they have a chance, at least, of happiness in life. Of living. And as a baby, they might actually even be adopted by Yeah, they would be snapped up. Yeah. would love them. Yeah. Yeah. So she actually saw the news coverage in 1981 about the baby's funeral, yeah. but she was in denial that it was her baby. Yeah. And she didn't dope. attend the funeral. Well, because I guess, like, in these circumstances, you kind of go crazy. And, like, you yourself yeah. are in denial that it even happened. Yeah. So. But she was traumatized, too. Yeah, she was traumatized and didn't believe it was her baby. Um, so, she, yeah, she didn't go to the funeral. And she and her husband actually have two adult children now. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So every woman, actually, like, there were a bunch of women that were, like, pointed at as suspects back then. Of course. But every time they went to go interview someone, they either answered their doors still pregnant or <laughs> with a baby in their arms. So, <laughs> so probably not then. So yeah, they were quickly cleared. It's weird that nobody ever – well, I mean it's not weird. She had the, she somehow managed to hide the pregnancy from everybody. Yeah. So there was nobody to report that, hey, Teresa was pregnant. Like there's just nobody. Yeah. I don't know how people don't notice. but I'm guessing she was – Tall? Did not have a lot of... Well, maybe, but she probably also just... Maybe she... I don't know. Did you look up her history? Like, was she born in really shitty circumstances herself? No, I like, didn't. And I should have, but this is a really was, new yeah. story, unfortunately. Like, right. they just found her this year. So. so maybe if she lived alone without May support networks and stuff, I could see this all happening. Yeah. Um, in 2009, they decided to exhume uh, baby Andrew... Mm-hmm. And they extracted DNA from his bones, but they couldn't do much with it because it didn't match anyone in CODIS until genetic genealogy yeah. came along, like Ancestry.com or like <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, 23, 23 and, and me. me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how they found her. So all of – they figured out like through this that all of his family members were from Sioux Falls and they were able to build a family tree through old birth announcements and marriage announcements. Okay. And they put the pieces together and they knew that the suspect would have been young in 1981. Yeah. Um, so Bentis would have been – 19 in 1981. Yeah. And the police ended up going digging in her trash, like, recently, to find mm-hmm. beer cans and cigarette butts to test her DNA so that they could finally oh, catch yeah. her. And then they knocked on her door on February 27th. Mm. And this was, like, a major relief to Litz. So that was, like, last year, eh? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, like, not even a year ago. Not even quite a year now. Yeah. Um, And last his daughter seven. said, like, Litz's daughter said that... Ba- Litz basically thought of baby Andrew as his son, like oh. one of his own children. He like cared so much about finding the killer and like yeah, it bogged, bugged him so much that someone had gotten away with this. Yeah. And um, it's it happened with so much that she actually thought of him as her brother. Oh, wow. And she would actually go to the marble, marble gravestone with him frequently, like before. Wow. Like uh, through the years, yeah. So. I'm glad this. This baby was loved, but it's post-mortem. The poor yeah. child never... Never had a chance, like... Yeah. The dried, so... uh, like, the frozen tears, that's, like, so fucking sad. I know, because he cried. He was uncomfortable, and he cried. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, newborn He may not have been uncomfortable. They just cry in general, but, like, he cried because someone needed to be there to feed him or soothe him or something, what, and there was nobody. He just need. laid in a ditch, like... Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they're not as conscious as, like, say, a one-year-old or something, but, like... I know, but it's still it's horrible. It's so sad. Yeah, it's such a, it's so, so horrible. Oh, my gosh. That was a heavy one, Andrea. I know. <sighs> oh, man. It was sad. That was really sad. Um, so sorry. Oh, it's everybody. okay. Uh, everyone think about not not that. Hey, yours was poor dogs. <laughs> Let's think about something else. Yeah. Um, um, let's think about... Oh, Christmas is coming up. We're doing Christmas uh, horror Christmas next uh, episode. Yes, we are. And we got a request to do... Germany. German stories. So yes. we're going to do German Christmas stories. Yeah. So I don't know what kind. Mythology or if it'll be like murders that happen at Christmas. But yeah. it'll be based on Germany. Because I think we did Krampus. We did Krampus already, last year, yeah. But we will do something yeah we will find it we know you have a lot going on germany and we'll we're gonna hunt it down now that google exists you're just doomed announce it to the world germany's like you can't hurt us anymore all of our atrocities have already been announced to the world (laughs) we're (laughs) tired you guys already figured it out yeah um okay so go to our patreon because you can make us say some some more memes if you want yeah memes uh something weird or humiliating i don't know you can make ren confess his love for you yeah you can do that you can make me confess my deepest darkest secrets it's probably i don't know i would actually like to hear that they would have to make her do that my secrets to make me but anyway i guess i guess you can make up a deep dark secret for andrea and <laughs> yeah. have her confess it yeah uh, you can do anything you want and anything you also get us a, a one-time special shout out on the one dollar tier and if you do the five dollar bonus tier you get to request whatever we say too but you also get bonus episodes monthly 
And a shout out. Yeah. yeah. You get all of that and the episodes. Yeah. They're so, good. So, yeah, patreon.com slash two scared siblings. Email us at two scared siblings at gmail.com. And tweet at us at two scared sibs. Now that you know it's just Andrea seeing them. Yeah. Tweet weird things me. at Andrea. And like, uh, join our Facebook group. Yeah, I don't have a Facebook, so that's also <laughs> Andrea. Yeah, our two scared siblings. There, we have a page and a group, and I don't fully understand the difference okay boomer the end <laughs> shut up <laughs> sorry i had to make that come back i feel like i don't like the taste of that meme in my mouth it feels weird so okay. I'm, I'm gonna spit it out Pew. there and now uh now that i've got that taste out of my mouth we're gonna give you a smooch good night think about good things Sorry, I, I interrupted I the jumped smooch. the gun again. Yeah, you, you did. You, whatever. You just, all you get. You were smooch happy. So, my turn. Mm-hmm. Sleep well.